Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Burke, host and producer on 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats right here in Lexington. And I am Kyle Tucker, longtime Kentucky beat writer, coming to a website near you very soon. Very, very soon. In the meantime, and thereafter, uh, Curtis and I will be talking Monday through Friday about anything that is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation. We'll be here Monday through Friday every week on the Locked On Podcast Network. Kyle, you couldn't hear that right there, but there was a little bit of static, a little bit of technology thing. It was fine. You were still comprehensible, but we'll let the people know you're recording remotely today because... Sadly, your your family got a little, a little illness in it, and this we'll bring this full circle at the end of this podcast. We'll go into some some kind of fun questions at the end because it is mailbag day here on Locked On Kentucky. We put out the tweet and asked for your guys' questions. We got a lot of them to get to. It'll be hoops recruiting, football recruiting. Some questions we'll probably couch for the time being. One, I think we're going to use in our over-unders at the end of the week. And then some some interesting questions about Benny Snell and, you know, overall uh, the football program. But, uh, Kyle, I think we'll start right now, uh, if it's cool with you, a little basketball and then we'll morph into some recruiting because someone asked to compare the Florida win to a win in basketball. They were thinking it compares to the win over Duke in 98's regional final. Do you think there's any basketball win that could compare? Yeah, well, I mean, basketball has had wins that were had some bigger stakes, I think, in the larger picture. I mean, because the ultimate goal is to compete for championships in both sports, uh, and beating Florida in week two doesn't win you anything. Um, it's significant because of the history. When you break a, a streak, when you break the longest losing streak in a, in a consecutive series in college football it's a huge deal um I, I think in sort of spirit i think that's probably right the the redemptive quality mm-hmm. of coming back and beating duke after duke broke your heart in 92 um and that obviously you know like i said the stakes were higher in the postseason there um but you know i, I think that any kind of basketball win you would bring up almost um you know, really kind of ultimately trumps it because usually those are, are wins that are in the tournament and, you know, leading toward the pursuit of a Final Four or a national championship. Um, I, I think some of it will depend on how this season goes, like how that win is remembered. If Kentucky goes on and does big things after yeah. breaking the streak, if this is sort of the catalyst for a great football season, um, then I think we'll have a better idea of how to compare what it was. I, but what it meant to the fans, yeah, I think I definitely think in terms of like sentimental value um, or catharsis over something bad that happened and this making it right, it's in that same vein definitely of, of the Duke basketball win. Yeah, and I think that's probably the easiest comparison because of the loss in 92 and you know what that meant. But you know, even between those times, Kentucky had a championship, so there – there was a moment where you were at the pinnacle, and while obviously that loss in the Leitner shot probably still stung a little bit, and I mean it still stings people to this day, even after the 98 win, I don't think there's anything of the year after year just constantly being beaten down by Florida that can compare in Kentucky basketball. I mean, you look at the the droughts, the Gillespie era, and as bad as you know a loss to VMI and Gardner-Webb and those kind of things were, in a few years, you're back on top with, with Calipari when he comes to town. So I don't think, you know, just from the standpoint of, like, reaching a moment that many people can 
just were convinced would never happen. I mean, 31 years is a ridiculously long time. It's, you know, longer than my lifetime. So I had never seen one in my lifetime. It's, it's more than twice as long as the, uh, the drought of national championships in basketball. Yeah. It took, you know, they went, it, people were agonizing over having gone 14 years between national championships between 98 and 2012. Yeah. I mean, imagine that, um, double that and add three more years and you have the football losing streak um, and, and with no championships in between for the football program. So, yeah, I, I don't know that anything truly compares, um, you know, and, and go look at just one of the things that I always get a sort of a, a kick out of and, and really almost jolt anew every season is when you you're going through game notes before they play somebody that they play all the time. And you look at these series totals in basketball um, as lopsided as they've been against Kentucky and football, they're w- way more lopsided for Kentucky in many of their basketball series. Almost all of them. I mean, any, anybody they they played regularly, they pretty well dominated. Yeah. Um, you know, can you know you've got some schools like the 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 Blue Bloods that maybe that's not true. Kansas, Duke, and etc. Um, but like the league, if you go through the SEC. I mean, it's insane um, how just thoroughly dominant some of these series numbers are. Um, so there just hasn't been really ever a sustained period of time where Kentucky basketball was down in general, much less uh, was um, you know any any one school's whipping boy. Well, I mean, right now Mark Stoops has a has a longer winning streak against Florida than John Calipari. John Calipari has actually has a two-game losing streak, right? If I'm remembering correctly. So Yeah, fire John Calipari. Hey, get it, I mean, get it together. Get it done against the Gators. I, I don't know. Uh, speaking of those Blue Blood programs, uh, someone asked, has Kentucky ever had a game of this magnitude on Election Day? Kyle and I were trying to research before we started rolling, but it's it's a tough task because obviously Election Day changes depending on the year and the time of the week and all those things. So we both theorized, and we might look into this a little bit more, but we don't think that would have happened because it is would have been such an early season matchup that it normally is kind of a warm-up game. And I would venture to guess a lot of times they don't even have a game on that date. Uh, and Maybe it's a home game, and as I said, that would kind of be a tune-up. But Kyle, I think that this one, with all the stuff that's going into it, probably has the most hype. Yeah, and it presents a real challenge for people. Um you know, the game is not in in Lexington, and it's on Duke. You know, it's Duke Kentucky could be one versus two, or certainly it's going to be two top five teams against each other uh, in the first game of the season, heavily anticipated. And the game is not in Kentucky. So, what are what are voters going to do? I guess you could, uh, in theory, you could probably pull off voting in the morning and getting up to the game. Um, yeah, that's pretty. That wouldn't be too. I mean, it's just Indy. That's not. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But you know, with people working and stuff, I, it'll it'll present some challenges because it, it limits your opportunities. You're definitely going to have to be make a commitment to it. Uh, in my case, I may prob- I may uh, do the early voting. Although I, I don't actually know how. I've never. I don't think I've ever early voted. Vote early. So I don't know. Vote early and vote often. <laughs> yes, vote especially vote often. <laughs> that's uh that's always been my uh that's always been my my rallying cry. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to keep that following. I'm sure there'll probably be some stories about how people are working that out once we get closer to that. Uh, someone asked about hoops recruiting. Um, kind of a note that happened since our last recording, uh, basketball-wise, two things. One, Rivals released their new top 150 for the class of 2019. All three of Kentucky's commits, I think, had significant jumps 
Khalil Whitney went to number seven. Tyrese Maxey, number nine. So now I think across the board, both both of those guys are top ten prospects, which is nothing new with Kentucky. But the guy that I think made the most significant jump, and this is probably the highest I've seen him anywhere, is Dante Allen, the Pendleton County scar, went to number 55. So that kind of shows what people are starting to think of him, and he's getting quite a buzz around him. Yeah, I mean he's a he is a you know a bona fide top 100 player now, and and there are I think increasing number of people who think even more highly of him. So um, that that was a that's a really good get for them. I think that's the perfect guy to sort of be the next in-state guy to get that offer and 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 choose Kentucky. I mean it's clear John Calipari and his staff are going to be selective with those guys. They should be. I know it frustrates people, but they should be selective on taking in-state guys. They need to be people that they think can help them, uh, who, who are good enough, but also who have the right mentality that if they're not, you know, the star by year two, they're not going to transfer. Because what's, you know, what's the point if you get these guys and they're not happy and they leave? Uh, I, I think uh, Kiki Tandy would be a guy that sort of fits that uh, bill. He wouldn't have probably been happy at Kentucky. So um, I think he's a he's the perfect guy to be the next guy, uh, you know, after. Uh, Derek Willis and Dominique Hawkins a couple years ago, uh, a chance to uh, be a really good player, um, but also be around for a while. And and I assume if they've offered him and he's accepted, there's been that conversation that, hey, it's going to, you know, this is going to be a stay and, and work for it kind of uh, deal for him. And, and that could work out great for Kentucky. I, I, everyone I've talked to that's more familiar with his game than me is very high on his potential. Do you think the Coaches that are currently recruiting Tandy, like Buzz Williams over at Virginia Tech, do you think they call him up and say, Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> oh, you're really- there's, a, there's a perfect opportunity there. That that uh, I don't know how that would play with him, but I think it would be funny to just text him like an audio clip of that. Oh, I don't, yeah, that that could either backfire or work really well. It's one of those those risky texts that sometimes you got to send every once in a while in your lives. Um, yep. Tom I'll, Green knows about that. Yeah, Tom Green. I've been does. thinking about you often, <laughs> a lot. Whatever that it was, was a was D- it, did was, he have a, an errant DM that he put out? In the yeah, book? he tweeted it, it was supposed to be a DM, and it was. I was thinking about been thinking about you a lot. I think it isn't as creepy as it had just sounded it, without context, but hey, I think it was a recruit, right? Yeah, that's what everyone assumed. I don't know if it ever officially came out what would who that was meant to be, but everybody assumed it was a recruit. Uh, finally, speaking of the commits, Tyrese Maxey set an official visit to UK. He will be in Lexington September 21st through the 23rd. That is the weekend of the Mississippi game. So it should be lit, as they say, the youngsters say here on campus. He should probably have a good time on that visit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've, uh, that is, that is going to be a wild weekend. Um that he'll make the second huge, huge visitor in the last couple of weeks. James Wiseman, obviously, last weekend, number one player in the class, a guy that, that Maxie is definitely working on and trying to get to join him here. Um, seemed like, from all, all indications, that Wiseman enjoyed his visit quite a bit. Um, and, and I think Kentucky's in a great spot with him. And, and Maxie, you know, who's already in the fold, uh, I, I just – I really, really like him as the – like initial building block kind of cornerstone of a, of a class. Um, I like his versatility as a player. I like his personality. I think you've mm-hmm. interacted with him as well. He's really fun, really, really fun. Uh, great talker, really interesting, smart kid, uh, dynamic personality who I think 
is the kind of guy who can be kind of a Pied Piper. You know, you get your quarterback in football sometimes who's got a gregarious personality, and that that can be the key to a huge recruiting class. Um, I think um, I think it's a very good thing for Kentucky that Tyrese Maxey is kind of the front frontward facing member of this uh, 2019 recruiting class. I think there's a lot of guys that'll that'll interact with him and say, "I like this dude." And we're going to get to some football here in a second. But first, I wanted to talk to you guys. Football is here, and that means fantasy football season. And FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel clearly is the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everybody, and there are more ways to win than ever before. If you missed out on your office's fantasy league, don't worry, because FanDuel has weekly games. Uh, so don't miss out on your chance to play and sign up now. As I told you guys on the last episode, I had Jimmy Garoppolo the first weekend, so I lost on FanDuel. So don't be like me. You should win on FanDuel. I'm pumped to be playing in FanDuel. You should be excited to play as well. This season, it's going to be a lot of fun. Here's how to get some special offers. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash locked on. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Someone DM'd me, Kyle, speaking of Tom Crean, and asked us to mention some football recruiting. So I'm going to give, I don't think either of us claim to be football recruiting experts. And honestly, if you are one, congratulations. But there are so many moving parts, it's almost impossible for me to keep up with it all and try to have a normal life. Uh, But currently, Kentucky has 15 commitments. All three of them are three stars, according to the 247 composite. They're ranked 44th overall, 12th in the SEC Four of those commitments are from Florida, including quarterback Nick Scalzo. So winning at Florida should help out locking those dudes in. But here's what I really wanted to mention, Kyle. And I think you saw this because I saw you quote tweet it. Frank Gore Jr. has an offer from Kentucky. Yeah, that's pretty wild. It's wild for a lot of reasons. One, uh, that's pretty good pedigree. You'd like to uh, – is Ed Reed Jr. out there somewhere? I know uh, Mark Stoops is really close with uh, that fellow former Miami Hurricane. Um, but just the idea that Frank Gore, like, is he still in the NFL? Yes, he rushed. He is going to move to fourth all time on the NFL rushing list this year. He's playing with the Dolphins. So the fact that that dude is still going in the NFL and has a guy who's being, you know, getting offers as a recruit, uh, sort of boggles my mind. Somebody tweeted at me that day, like he, they could play together in the NFL. I don't think Ed Reed <laughs> can hold out for like, I mean, uh, um, uh, Frank Gore, senior. Frank Gore can can hold. Sorry, I've got uh, sickness brain, but um, I don't think he can hold out for like four more seasons, five more seasons. Uh, but maybe because yeah, uh, Gore Junior is a twenty twenty recruit, so he's just a junior right now. And I, and I think Frank Gore has like had several injuries too. The fact that he has uh, is still going as a running back in the NFL is amazing. And. While I was looking up some info on Frank Gore Jr., came across a TMZ sports article, because that's where you go to get football recruiting news. Uh, He had some quotes, Frank Gore Jr. He said, I can return the ball, I can catch the ball, I can run the ball. And he said he was better than his dad. He said of his dad, this is Frank Gore Jr., 
He's one dimensional. He can run the ball. I'm shifty. I'm faster than him, but he's stronger. That's it. I'm more explosive. I, I, I'm guessing those comments are tongue in cheek and, you know, it's just kind of a dad son uh, rivalry, but I kind of like that mentality. And listen, you know, I was just looking at his page and I think Kentucky might be the only major school to have offered him, but it's just kind of fun to, to see those names and who knows where it could go going forward. Yeah, that'd be, I, I think people would, would get excited, whatever kind of prospect he is, the, sort of the name recognition of that. And, you know, wouldn't be unwise of Mark Stoops to start tapping. I mean, he was on the staff at Miami with, with you know, arguably the most talent ever assembled on a college football team uh, in the early 2000s. I mean, I, I, I at one point had the number of first round picks that that team ultimately produced, but it was like in the teens, um, maybe the greatest defense ever. Uh, and he, certainly the best secondary you could ever assemble. Um, and he was the secondary coach there. So it wouldn't be unwise to tap into those connections. If there are guys that are starting to have teenage sons come up through the ranks, <laughs> yeah. cause that, uh, that was an unbelievable uh, team. He was a part of just, uh, circling back to that question, it's not really an answer, but just to kind of give you a sense for someone said, you know, had Kentucky ever played a game, a basketball game of this magnitude, Duke versus Kentucky in the season opener on election day. Um, as I'm looking, it looks like they were still playing exhibition games at this stage most seasons, at least in most recent seasons. Um, you know, last season on – this game's on November 6th. Uh, November the 3rd. Because we don't know what, like, I assume maybe that was a Tuesday, but November the 3rd last year, they were, they played center. Uh, the year before, November the 6th, the same date this game's on, they played Asbury. Um, let's go back another year. I, I just, I don't think, I, that that is something to uh, look up because it's, it is odd to play, one, to play a monster game, game one, but also to have it be on election day. Kentucky State on November 6th, 2015, they played. Um, I'm guessing the answer is probably no. Um, this Champions Classic that year was on November 17th, so it's it's moved up quite a bit. There we go. That was the last time they played Duke. It was on November 17th. On football recruiting, at one point, we might try to have some kind of expert on maybe during a bye week or something. But right now, we got a lot of in-game stuff to talk about, so it's kind of tough to break down football recruiting when it's, you know, those guys are in season as well in high school. All right, Kyle, let's shift to some football questions just overall on the team. And if we don't get to your question that you asked about football, don't worry. We're going to have, I'll just spill the beans right now on the next podcast. We're going to have Jen Smith of the Lexington Herald leader, and we'll probably go over some that we didn't get to today. Uh, the first one was about an over-under. I'm going to save that. That's about attendance. We'll do that one on our over-under podcast later this week. But here's a good one, Kyle. Is Benny Snell the greatest running back in Kentucky history right now? Boy, he's got a good case. Um, you know, and I'm not one of these guys who has, like, yeah, I've only covered Kentucky football or Kentucky athletics since 2011, uh, obviously, came to know about their history and in, in the course of doing that, but haven't seen all the other greats. A lot of the other greats certainly don't know anything about the guys that were way before my time in life. Um, I, I think there are probably some good old school arguments for some guys, but I mean, Benny Snell from day one and crazy to think that he did not play his first two games. Uh, I mean, they had boom Williams, so I don't think they felt like they needed anybody else, but he didn't carry the ball in his first two games. And then from game three on that dude has been, 
pretty unbelievable. And, um, you know, 175 yards against Florida in the swamp to end the streak. He'd already put together kind of an all-timers body of work in two seasons. Um, but that is the kind of sort of legacy stamping thing um, when it comes to a, certainly a program like Kentucky when you're, when you're a, a major cog in ending one of the ugly streaks that, that have been out there. Um, I don't know where he'll end up in the, in the history books, but I think he'll always be a hero, have hero status uh, here in Kentucky. People love his personality. Uh, he sort of got that that uh, extra cult following because of how he was sort of done dirty in the bowl game. I mean, really, nationally, people <laughs> came to his rescue. Um, they did him dirty. That, they did him dirty. The 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 outgoing nature of his personality. The the you know the in this last game the spinner mouthpiece, which was awesome. Um, which I think you went and found online mm-hmm. for you can have one for twenty bucks, I think, or something like that. Yeah, it was like twenty five. And for for the people that were about to start tweeting, like, how do these guys have the money for that if they are <laughs> not getting enough as athletes? It's twenty bucks. Everybody's got twenty bucks. Um, but I mean, he, you know, I think it's his personality. It's his running style. I mean, people love the Reggie Bush cutback guy, but I think uh, really more people love the guy who's just a just a tank, uh, and that's that's him. He runs hard every play. Um, he can sometimes impress you on a three-yard run because it was supposed to be a two-yard loss, and he just bulldozed his way um, to get something positive. I think that the, the style he runs with, the personality, being willing to come out and say, "Hey, we can do something special." Stop, you know, what would he say? Watch your mouth, yeah. talking bad about the team. You can come out and say, "I'm the best running back in the SEC." Maybe I'm the best running back in the country. Uh, people like that. Fans are uh, that's endearing to fans. And then when you back it up. You know, all those things happen, and then you go run for a buck seventy-five at Florida and win. Um, I, I I think the place in the fans' heart will be very, very big. Anybody who's in like kind of a contemporary of him now, anyone that's you know under probably forty or thirty that's watching Kentucky football right now, he's sort of I think probably stamping his place as their favorite player. Um, and yeah. yeah, I think he's inarguably what a top three back. I mean, you're going to probably be able to quibble about a handful of guys, but I think Benny's probably already put himself in the top three at Kentucky. Yeah, from a statistical standpoint, he has a chance to, you know, have all the major records in just three seasons. And actually, as you pointed out, under three seasons because of where he didn't play his first couple of games as a freshman and then being kicked out of a bowl game. And on top of that, if the season shapes up, has it like has the potential to, if they win eight regular season games for the first time since the 80s, so that would be three straight bowl games and then doing something that hadn't been done since the 80s, both beating Florida and winning eight regular season games. I think you put him right at the top just because what his teams were able to accomplish and what he was able to accomplish himself. So um, as I mentioned, we didn't get all the football questions, um, and I wanted to get have a little fun at the end of this episode because we got some comments in our in our comment section on on iTunes that some people said we were a little dry, so I decided to have a little bit more fun. But before we get to that... Do you want to do you want to tell them what the what the comment said, Kyle? You you enjoyed it. Yes, it was great. We got a one. We we had we had a great record. We were like all five star reviews, uh, and thank you for all of you who did that. And we we need to have a day where we we read some of those reviews or or read a couple of them anyway because we want to thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Please do that. Please rate us, uh, review us, subscribe. Um, but we got a one star review, and it said this podcast is drier than a popcorn fart. <laughs> 
and I don't really even know what a popcorn fart is, but that sounds very dry, and, and, and I'm offended. I'm deeply offended. Well, so we're going to make it a little less dry. We're going to make it a wet fart. Today we're going to be wet. Today we're going to be wetter than a milkshake fart. Uh, wetter than it was uh, after Kentucky beat Florida and ended that streak here in Lexington. Like you said, bi- biblical rains. Um, before, we, before we start having some fun, I do got to tell you about how you can have some fun by making some money. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, here's here's a question for you, Kyle. That came in the mailbag, so it ties into this whole thing. My th- this is the question. My three-year-old nephew told me tacos are yucky. It's okay to disassociate with him now, right? Correct. I've already answered that, but yes, tacos are awesome. I could eat tacos. I could eat tacos, burritos, uh, chips and queso, uh, pretty much every meal, every day. Have you ever heard the the comedy skit about his this guy and his wife got in an argument about? Taco Bell and how she said they got the order wrong and he said it's all the same just packaged in a different show. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good comedy bit because that is exactly true. I've said, actually said that to my wife several times like have you ever noticed that like everything on the Taco Bell menu is just a rearranging of ingredients and like every few months it's like and now we have a crunchy taco wrapped in a soft shell taco wrapped in a burrito well, that's... across a Mexican pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think and we call it the cheesy Wapo Guapo Gorito Dordito. That's the newest one. I just saw a commercial when I was watching football the other night where they had the the shell, the soft shell outside the hard shell, and they normally just had cheese, <laughs> but now they added cheese and meat, so it's like taco, a full taco surrounding yeah. another taco. Yeah, that's yeah. And next time it'll be some beans, and after that it'll be a new kind of queso that's just an old kind of queso that they found some extra crates of yeah it's uh it's pretty it is really funny i mean like you can just blindly order uh from taco bell and if you just like grind it all up in a bowl it would taste the same yep. um another tweet asked you for par- not that i don't like it let's let's be clear i yeah. love everything on that menu yeah you can't, you can't go wrong what is your Someone asked for your parenting advice, and we mentioned at the start that you're currently dealing with some sick babies. So, yeah. uh, well, let's just yeah, do that. Um, like, sick, how do you care stay for away sick from kids? Babies. Yeah, stay away from them. That's my advice. They're disgusting. Um, my kids, my twins are almost 19 months. They went to daycare for the first time. Uh, they were really, really premature. So we actually had in-home kind of care for them for several months. And we've, and then I had some time off and stayed home with them for a while as I'm getting ready to start this new job. And so anyway, wanted to get them cranked up in daycare. We want them around other kids and interacting and learning and all that stuff. And also we, you know, unfortunately we want them to be exposed to germs and get sick because if you don't do that, then your kids, when they go to real school are 
apparently most likely to basically miss their entire first year of kindergarten with various disgusting illnesses. So, so part of the deal is helping them build up immunity and uh, we were bracing for it and we got through week one, we thought, and by the weekend, uh, one of the two, and now as of today, both of the two are, um, are actually snot factories. So there's just green stuff coming out of everywhere and um, I'm sick, they're sick. Uh, daycare uh, is they're not welcome in daycare it's a thing funny thing they won't let you bring your kids to school if they're uh if they have uh, sludge dripping out of their faces and uh, have temperatures so uh i'm uh, back being mr mom again today and trying not to uh sneeze and cough into the phone while we talk here but uh well, I, I, my, I don't, my I, recommendation is avoid children i don't think um your illness can be spread via podcast so it'd be a different true. kind of virus you get in your electronics, but hey, congrats to you! You're like like Jordan's flu games got nothing on Kyle Tucker via this podcast because you're just battling through, and I, I feel like you've given a full effort and been at maximum capacity this whole time. Yeah, I actually drank some Pedialyte. Um, just uh, I'm sitting here cold sweating, and uh, I'm toughing it out because I'm a very tough person. So, but, uh, so not a great dad. Not a great dad. Apparently, I just my my kids get sick and fall down and hit their heads on things all the time. And um, but uh, we're making it through. Moana is is singing us there singing go. us through to the other side. Hopefully, it'll be better tomorrow. I've never seen that movie. No, man, it's so good. You got a niece now. You, you, you need to get familiar. Well, it's got a great soundtrack. Right now, we're just on Elmo. So I guess I've waited a couple more months, and then we'll, we'll move on to Moana. The great thing about that is I guess it's on Netflix, right? So I don't even have to it is. do any extra. It is. It's free. Well, you have to pay for Netflix. And to the other and to the other parents out there, Lil Baby Bum, uh, L-I-L Baby Bum, B-U-M, is the jam. My kids will watch that nonstop. It's pretty educational. They teach them to count and colors and numbers. And also they have a lyric in there that I've tweeted about that says, every time we poop or pee, we wash our hands. And that it's important. that's important uh, stuff for ch- kids to hear in song animated song form. And they'll be mesmerized by it. I've shared it with neighbors and friends who have kids. And you'll thank me later if you have one. Uh, there we go. Also free on Netflix and YouTube. See, we're just giving out all kinds of great advice today, Kyle. This has been super informative. If you're a business and interested in getting in on this super in- informative podcast, give us a shout on email. It's lockedonkentucky at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Oh, and me, Kyle Tucker, at Kyle Tucker underscore S-E-C. Be sure to be following along at Locked On UK. Find us on Facebook, Locked On Kentucky. Just search it. As I mentioned, eventually we're going to work on some Facebook lives whenever Kyle gets fully healed and his family gets their immunity set. There'll be something on there, so be sure to be liking that page. And then as Kyle mentioned earlier, subscribe, rate, review, comment, and be sure to share on social media. It's super simple. Just hit like the little Twitter icon, and then boom, it's tweeted out, and all your followers on any of your social medias who like in UK and UK athletics and awesome advice on how to care for sick babies will be in the know. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked on Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.